Welcome to the Art of the Dive. Game Week 21 is done. We're moving on to Game Week 22. We've got a big break here until Game Week 22 comes. Uh, I think another whole week, right, Jake? Yep, a whole week. Nothing to do. It's been pretty insane here. Really, really fast, festivist period. Finally coming to a close. And complete honesty, I need a little bit of a break here. Normally, I'm the person that's like, no international breaks, let's keep it rolling. But uh, I'm pretty happy to have a little bit of a break here. We've got a lot of stuff for the podcast this week. A bunch of questions from uh, from people. Um, a little bit of a recap of kind of what was happening during this, this festive period and what we're going to be doing moving forward. We'll talk a little bit about the League Dive leaderboard, which has changed quite a bit. Um, some shout-outs to some people that are listeners that are still in the cup, which is quite amazing uh and and honestly a a shifting fpl landscape in terms of uh players that are available and the way teams are performing and so on and so forth so back to regular programming this week our last pod was our mid-year pod if you haven't listened to that one uh definitely worth going back and listening to it's a little bit more of like a, a general podcast that covers kind of like what our first half of the season looked like, and a reflection on some of the advice that we provided early in the year. I think we nailed some things. We missed a few things as well, didn't we, Jake? Yeah, that's that's the way my FPL season is going. <laughs> Nailing some things, missing others. Yeah, it just it feels like a hamster wheel to me, but it is what it is. A hamster wheel, huh? Yeah, it just it, it's the same over and over again. We'll get into it more. I don't. I don't know. I. I want this. This next week to be here already, but I'm also. I'm. You're right. Like a week off isn't a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, I think we should probably just talk about like the first really big FPL thing, and then we can get into like a few, like kind of topics for the week. But let's just get right into it. What did you do this last game week, Jake? Well, I wild carded. Whoa! Here we go. Yeah, that's what got me excited about the week, uh, and it really didn't didn't do anything. Um, I still red red arrowed somehow, okay. even though I thought like I had a really good game week. Um, but yeah, do you want to talk about our our teams right right off the bat or no? I mean, I think we probably should just get right into this wild card thing, and then we can we can go through some of the other stuff like on our on our sheet here. Let's let me ask you a completely serious question i'm not trying to be mean normally i am but um what the fuck were you thinking with your wild card well i figured honestly my team needed a lot of changes to it it was not doing that well so why like wait multiple weeks you know where you're not doing much you're making these small little changes um why not just do it now where you have 14, not even actually 16 game weeks where you like can reap benefits from it. That's kind of how I felt. God, I hate you so much sometimes. Um, On last week's podcast, the mid-year pod, we talked about chip strategy at the end of the podcast. We spent about 15 minutes. So again, if you need some help with a little bit of chip strategy, um, you know, go back and listen to that pod. Oh, and by the way, um, Chip strategy is starting to fall into place now because of this FA Cup weekend. FA Cup is a big driver in when blank game weeks and double game weeks are going to pile up. 
So we had given the advice, Jake, that it's probably best to hold until we have a good idea of when those types of things are going to fall into place. You just, you didn't like the advice that we had provided people. No, I just, I was missing out on so many players. Just, I mean, like Son, Rashford, Salah, just all these guys that are just like destroying my team week in and week out. And it's like now that I have those guys in my team, I feel better. I, I think most people's teams are better off than mine, so I understand waiting. Um, but I was just trying to make some ground, you know? How did that go for you? Yeah, not fantastic, but I I can't be too down on myself. I have to give it some time. Like Salah going against Man City is a tough game. It's just the guys that I got rid of, <clears throat> they ended up doing fine, and I should have kept some of them. Like Wilson, I should have kept. Um, I'm trying to think, like, who else? I guess not really. Like, or Kolesinak, I could have kept. Um, Obama, and I could have kept. It's just kind of the way it goes. I think the main thing I missed, though, was just captaining Hazard. Like, if I would have captained anyone else who returned on my team i would have been fine my god i I think the funniest part about the whole wild card thing well two parts two parts first off like i already said uh we we recommended to people not to play their wild card early or at least not this early maybe wait a few more game weeks to play the quote early wild card uh you didn't listen to our advice and then the other thing that i think was kind of funny about the whole wild card thing is you played a total ghost wild card like you didn't tell me that you were going to do it ahead of time. You, I think I got, I woke up the morning of the game week and had a text from you that said, so I played my wild card. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's just not something where I'm, I'm like last in our league right now, even though I'm, I mean, I'm not having a great season, but it's not terrible. And I just keep yo-yoing. And I was like, what? Why not? I don't think it's going to make a huge difference at the end. It's kind of like one of those things where in the beginning of the season, if I would have just held on to my team and maybe made like a transfer like every couple of weeks, I probably would have done a lot better than what what I'm doing now. I, I feel like I just – it's like almost someone needs to like stop you from making transfers week in and week <laughs> out. Like – I've not had Frazier in my team when he's hauled really well. And then I've had him in my team like every other week. Uh, Sala, same thing. Like I had him in my team for so long and then he wasn't getting a lot of returns. And sure enough, get rid of him. He he gets a hat trick. It's like, I just feel like that's the way my season's been going. Somebody, just to comment on that, someone on Twitter the other day wrote something like, if you had a bad game week, you're almost better off not transferring players out like unless they're injured or something or not in the rotation uh because it's it's likely that you know points will swing back the other way at some point yeah and then it's i've i agree and i feel like i've tried that and it's it doesn't work it's like man united have gone on an absolute tear and it's like oh that's great everyone brought man united players in right off the bat and are reaping the benefits or like I was waiting on, like, Felipe Anderson. I was like, I don't know. I guess they have great fixtures, but his underlying stats aren't that great. Sure enough, he's, like, all of a sudden doing fantastic in overall. It's like, I don't know. It's it's just one of those things where 
my season's done. I felt like it would be interesting. I, I like my team a lot better now. For the, I, I would be fine if I didn't make a transfer for like five game weeks. So I kind of like where I'm at. So I don't. Right. Well, I, I gotta a, give it a few weeks to see what's gonna happen. Right <clears throat> from a strategy perspective, it it is interesting here to see because we did talk about the two the two camps, the two modes of transportation, the boats that you could be on. Uh, for the wild card, and, and one of those is to play early, and one of those is to save and kind of deliberately play them along with free hit, um, bench boost, triple captain combo in the blank and double game weeks. So, um, I you know it's interesting. You've played us what, what would be regarded as a very early wild card, um, and so we'll we'll see kind of like like you said in the next couple game weeks, are you able to make some rank gains um, and can this strategy be viable if played correctly? Uh, also, in your defense, in your defense, we did say on the last pod as well, we talked about one of our things that we had suggested before the season was to play pretty conservatively if your focus is going to be on overall rank. Um, whereas this year, it's been a little bit different, I think, than in years past. Uh, there have been major swings in players. For example, like all of a sudden Spurs comes out and they're banging five goals a game. And uh, United has a manager change and it's just a complete change in in the way the team plays and the amount of FPL points on the table for them. Um, and you and I both have been following kind of that like conservative play rule and have missed out on those quick swings uh, really hurting our overall rank. So maybe... Maybe a little bit more aggressive here is an okay move. We will see. Yeah, I'm going to, I mean, it wasn't like last week was bad. I don't think I, I actually moved up in league dive for whatever that's worth. So you mean that's worth everything, Jake. That's all that matters. Yeah, it's all that matters. So green arrow there. Good to go. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right. So I guess that was the big thing that kind of happened this week for us. Um We'll take just a few kind of like rando questions that people sent in. Um, are you are you doing okay over there? Do you have are you are you pretty tired right now? Yeah, uh, yeah I'm hang, hanging in there, uh, switching to overnight. So I stayed up all night. This first night's first and second night are always the toughest. Wait, so did you not I'll... sleep? You didn't sleep last night either. The night before last, I mean. No, no, I I did. Um, I stayed up like till two thirty in the morning, and then like woke up at like 11 and then tonight was my first night where i like i pushed through so i haven't slept in like eight well wait a second (laughs) here we go math a lot of hours i haven't slept in a lot of hours but i will be sleeping right after we finish this pod and dreaming of my wild card team just banging next week oh uh, speaking of dreams i didn't even i forgot to tell you this uh so i'm uh, visiting some friends right now and brought all my podcast equipment. And you know how sometimes you don't sleep the best when you're visiting other people? So I I have, for the first time, a podcast dream. You know, we've been doing this podcast for like over a year now. We have like almost 50 episodes that we've made. Uh, and I've never had like a podcast dream before. This was the mm-hmm. first one. And the dream was you and I were, were, were setting up our recording stuff for the podcast, but we were on a beach uh, I'm not making this up. We were on a beach. We were together, which was weird. Um, obviously my bod was looking 10 out of 10. Yours was looking, you know, 1.5 probably out of 10, I would say. Not even dream. like a three? Nope, 1.5. Uh, okay. Travis Shaw-esque, I would say. 
Um, and the, the, it was like one of those anxiety dreams. Like I kept setting up my computer and my microphone. And I had like my notes and things. And then a wave would come and would wash it all. Like it, it would knock it off the table. Right. And so then I'd like go back over and I'd like set it back up and I'd be like, okay, Jake, I'm ready. And then all of a sudden another wave would come. Do you think there's like, do you think there's a deeper meaning to, to yeah, the dream? I, th- I think you probably felt that I was going to fall asleep before we started this pod this morning. My whole life is washing away, I feel like. Yeah. Actually, an hour before prior to the pod, I was like, oh, I'm really struggling. I was like, maybe I should close my eyes. And then I was like, nope, no, nope. <laughs> definitely God. can't do that. I'll miss the pod for sure. All right. Uh, let's just hit a few questions quick, and then we'll talk about um, specific points for the game week and things. Um, so FPL Virgin said, when you listen to someone on a pod, your mind forms an image of what that person might look like. That's true. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Does Marco look like Steve Stifler and does Jake look like Rick Moranis or am I way off? Uh, you're way off on both of those, I think. Yeah, I would, I would agree way off on both of those. So, yeah. I mean, we do have pictures. If you visit our website, that could help you. Oh yeah. But... Instagram too, right? Yeah, if he wants to keep, like, guessing people from week to week, we can comment. Yeah. I actually, so just personal podcast experience, I listen to a lot of podcasts from, like, NPR and things like that. Um, I don't want to know what the people look like. I, I, I really like to kind of form my own, you know, understanding of what they, they look like and, furthermore, their entire lives. You know, I can guess entire lives of people on their podcasts. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of it. I would have to say I agree. I mean, I look like I would guess me kind of like a Brad Pitt, you know, is how I'd describe myself. David Beckham, if David Beckham and Brad Pitt banged and had a kid, that was me. Wouldn't you say? Interesting. No, I would I wouldn't say that. Anyways, okay. FPL Squid asked is Marco sad? <laughs> Yes, always. That's 100% of the time. Sage asked, is binge drinking the best way to deal with low scores, or would you suggest other healthier healthier alternatives? Jake, as a uh, animal doctor, binge drinking? Yeah, definitely a bad thing for your brain cells. I would recommend pretty much doing anything else except for maybe like hard drugs. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite. I think drinking is a completely legitimate way to deal with your problems. Um, I, I, maybe not binge drinking then, like maybe just having, no binge drinking. Yeah. Okay. Last night I had, um, you ever had old Rasputin? Do you know that from North coast brewing? No, it sounds, Oh, it's a beer. Yeah. 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 (laughs) What did you think it was? (laughs) I was thinking it was like some really terrible, strong vodka. Oh yeah. It just tasted like potatoes. Yeah. That it could, that could be too. Um, um, no, it's a delicious, um, I think it's an 11 percenter, and I had two of them last night while watching the the basketball game. It was great. Uh, nice. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Jim asked, generally asked my wife if we could have the Champions League music played and all the lads stand in the row as in before kickoff. She didn't want to and said it was fucking stupid, so we compromised. We didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be hilarious. Uh, would, would that be like, pr- wait, prior to just games, like, it, while they're watching i'm a no i think confused. he wanted it for his wedding for his wedding oh yeah yeah that's a great idea yeah it's a beautiful idea uh yeah, I'm surprised that she turned that down i don't i mean so i would guess to me that would be the first indicator that a prenup should be in place like when mm-hmm. once you guys sign those papers so jim uh prenup 
definitely in place. Um, I mean, you can still love your wife. <laughs> Who does though? Am I right? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Please wife, don't listen to this. Uh, Jake, should we get into our teams here? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so we already kind of talked about your team and how you wildcarded, but I guess, like, what did you finish on for points and stuff? It looks like the uh, top, they're the average points overall was 5354. Um, top 1K was actually a little lower again. One of those weird weeks was 46. Um, so, how did you do then? Yeah, I finished right on the average with 54. <laughs> Like I said, a couple guys I got rid of did fine. Uh, I had actually recently switched out Obamaman for Aguero. Uh, did, he, did he score against Man or against Liverpool? He scored, yeah. Actually, that was a fantastic goal. So, but but then I brought in Rashford, so it's like positive and a negative, and that's just kind of how it was. It was like, I, you know, Son brought him in, great, you know, but then also didn't get returns from any of my other mids so but not you got good. you got sun and you got rashford yeah yeah you got so, buckets there yeah i got buckets there i brought in keppa which i like uh he's just gonna be a set and forget and i actually was able to afford the backup keeper for crystal palace gaita yeah Gaita. yeah so that they both got cleans uh i don't i'm hoping maybe to get some price rises from him yeah for sure that was a good move uh um and then i went double liverpool defense which i know like this week I, honestly i probably should have just waited one week but whatever you know i started wambasaka got a clean there everton was a disappointment wolves were a disappointment it's fine like my guys have great fixtures coming up, um, but a couple things make me a little bit nervous. Like, Sun's leaving after this week, so got to decide what I want to do with him. And I just can't seem to nail down, like, the striker situation. I just don't know, which we'll talk about later. Uh, for me, then, I had another pretty rough game week. I, it, you know... I said on the last podcast I've had a handful in a row. I'm trying not to be too overreactive about it. I know that that fixtures are going to swing back for my team and that uh, some guys that I kind of have been leaning heavily on in the first half of the season will will begin to, to return points again. But it, it was a really rough about five game weeks. So going into game week, well, let me look at my history just so I get it right. Uh, going into game week 18... I was actually ranked 472 in the overall, and since then I have dropped to 7,000, which um, it definitely hurts a little bit. It's like one of the situations where like the first few big drops in rank, you begin to go into panic mode. But since then, I've definitely taken like a deep breath and looked at my team and been like, okay, fixtures are decent. Uh, and although I'm floundering a bit in terms of overall rank, um, I know that some points are going to start coming back here. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying not to chase um, in terms of performances for my team. I, I really had um, almost no like good. I had zero good performances like where you're like, wow, that player really did well. Um, I mean, Alonzo returned. Robertson had an assist. Uh, Juan Basaka had a return. Wilson had a goal. Uh, and then I captained Hazard. So you know, this idea of going like power midfield for me, I have Martial, Sala, Pogba, Hazard, Felipe Anderson, not one return from any of those players. Um, 
I, I think that that's okay. It sucks that it happened this week, but I, you know, those guys in general are going to get points. Um, you know, I, I am concerned a little bit with Felipe Anderson's schedule. I'm a little bit concerned with Martial's um, place on that team. I, I don't know that he's going to be like nailed week in and week out. Sanchez is back now. Lukaku is going to be playing, and it seems like Rashford is the preferred striker that that could get pushed kind of into a wider position. So I'm concerned about that. In my back line, I'm, I'm a little concerned about Laporte. They haven't had clean sheets since forever, but their run of fixtures is decent here. They have three good fixtures um, coming up. And then Flappy Hansky goes into some tough fixtures, and I think he only has one clean in the last seven games. or six, Yeah, last seven games. So that I'm definitely concerned with. Personally, just like looking forward here, um, I think I'm going to return to the structure that I was using uh, pre- terrible rank drop which uh is a structure that actually has only four good midfielders i'm gonna drop one of my midfielders really really low i think here and use that money to upgrade some other positions on the pitch yeah i i agree uh that's kind of where i'm leaning to with sun leaving i'm thinking dropping him to really low i mean i want frazier I'm sure once I bring him in, he won't do anything. So I have to kind of look at that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, I think that's a fair plan. It's it's not like our teams are bad. You look at like the guys who returned the most this week in the midfield, and it was just a little weird, like Sun. Uh, but then like Jaka and Sema from Watford, and it's just a weird week for the midfielders, I, I feel. Okay, um, let's just keep moving then. Uh, oh, well, just so, where, where is your overall rank right now so everyone knows? Um, 670,000 overall. Okay, and I'm at about 7,000. So um, we're doing okay. We just got to get, we got to get you rising a little bit, you know? Well, the other thing that just like makes me nervous now that I look at it, I'm like, I don't even have a Manchester City player on my team. I was really struggling with that because they're so, like, Sterling is expensive, and we've been trying to go minimalist at the forward, which I, I feel like does work out. Uh, plus, I don't like how Kuhn doesn't tend to play 90 minutes, although he is recently. But it's like that now that I don't have Man City players in my team, I know for a fact they're going to just bang like five goals a game. Like there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, they're um, they're definitely going to swing back here and start scoring some goals. I uh, I don't have City uh, a City attacker right now on my team, but I am looking to uh, probably move maybe Hazard to like Sterling or Sané at some point here um, because Salah has a, such a nice run of games that I'll probably captain him in almost every one of them. Um, so, you know, maybe I could move Salah even to like a Sané for now to even free funds, but I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what I do. I'm doing, I think as usual, I'll probably just be holding this game week. So yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. Let's talk a little bit more in detail about the players. Uh, in terms of like the game week. Yeah. Well, no, in terms of like when we we'll have the, I guess, question wise. Oh yeah. Yeah. Second half. Yeah. Second half. Okay. Uh, so I just wanted to hit really quick the dive leaderboard. Um, there has been a bit of movement on the leaderboard. So top 10 right now, uh, Damian McCallion, 
Nine, John Eric Torsenstein. Eight is The Art of the Dive Pod. Uh, seven, FPL Dare. Six, Matt Frisky. Five, Neil Kura. Uh, four, Sam Ewell Shapiro. I said Sam Shapiro once, and he DM'd me on Twitter and was like, It's Samuel. I'm an adult. I was like, Okay. <laughs> Got me again, SR7. Uh, three, Andrew Bladen. Two, Arnie Morris Haugen. And number one, I believe, who was uh, number two last week, free pay uh, person uh, with a game week score of 69 and 13.99 for points in the overall. So doing quite well, probably using all of our advice. Um, shout out to people that are listeners that responded on Twitter that are still cup survivors, which is pretty insane when you really think about it. I think, are we going into, is it round seven? Is that what we're going into? Oh gosh, that's, I would have said like five or six. Well, didn't it start in game week seven or 18, the cup? Well, if it was game week 18, then it's only so it's five, five, right? Yeah, it's yeah. five game weeks. Oh no, it started in game week 17. So okay, we're going, so six. yeah, going, or we're going into six. So, uh, pretty incredible to make it this far. I've the furthest I've ever made it was into round five, and then I got bumped. So, uh, Shark Junior, that's Garf's boy, is still alive. Uh, FPL director, FPL the Adam DLC Arjan, Mark Donnie, SR Seven, and Pocket Space of FPL. Those are the teams that I know are still alive. If there's anyone else that is alive, we do want to hear about it. Um, I'm. Like I, I've said this a few times before, I'm really hoping that some dive listener makes like a deep run into the cup. That would be so cool. Um, and if if you know if anyone makes it in a few more rounds, we'll have to uh, get in touch. And I'd like to send you some questions that we could talk a little bit about, like the way you're approaching your cup play. I did ask a few of these people, like now that you've made it this far, does it change the way you're playing the game? And I think all of them responded, "No, I'm just playing like." I, I realize that the cup is kind of lucky uh, depending on who you get matched up against and depending on, you know, just how your team performs week in and week out versus how the other team performs. Uh, so I'm just focusing on overall. But I would be interested, like, if you make it a couple more rounds, like, is there an argument to switch your mentality, do you think, Jake? I mean, I would, just for fun, like. Just to say that I won the cup. I mean, because overall, the chances of winning are so much lower. I don't know. Right, but. especially if you've made that much, you know, that much progress in the cup, right? Yeah. I would right. consider it. I would definitely consider doing things to help me in the cup. You'd do anything they wanted you to do, wouldn't you, Jake? Yeah, exactly. Any- Whatever. Anything? Anything. Whatever it took. All right, folks. You heard it. You heard it here first. Keep that in mind. Jake will do anything for the cup. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I stand by it. Yeah, that's good. Um, let's just hit a few really quick things from the game week. We've talked a lot about like kind of game week performances from players. Uh, and then the second half of the pod, we just have a bunch of questions. So we'll kind of get rolling with that. But uh, let's just start with like the kind of the first thing. And, and you had wrote this down. I completely agree. Um the Man City-Liverpool game was really a fun watch. And from an FPL perspective, it was about the, well, not not the worst performance that could have happened for me, but it was pretty close. I actually had dropped Sterling and Sané going into the game. Um, and they both returned on a connection with one another. Uh, I did have Rabo who got me an assist. Uh, I benched 
TAA. I had Sala. So from from a fantasy perspective, it was pretty terrible. But it, honest, honest for me, one of the first games this year that I didn't even care what the fantasy outcome was. I just really enjoyed watching the game. Yeah, I second that. And I, I also will take it one step further. I was excited because I wanted the title race to remain close. So I did want to see Man City win. And uh, also I got to see Liverpool lose their unbeaten streak you know so double win for me you wanted to keep you want to keep the invincibles alive don't you exactly yeah the invincibles it's fucking coming home only there's only one is what i would say only one invincibles yeah i mean i think that it just brings up like kind of a overarching or a little bit of a bigger topic and it is that with this game we can often find ourselves um i don't know we find ourselves having a hard time appreciating the game for what it is. Uh, and what we had here was just two amazing teams, um, two coaches that had, uh, I don't know, adjusted their tactics to to try to create the outcome that they were looking for. And I was just really amazed at City's ability to kind of push Liverpool to the outside edges of the pitch. A lot of the play was, was through the sidelines for... Or, for for the Liverpool players, um, and and it really did allow City to um, dictate where possession was had, and then of course where possession was was won for City to go back at Liverpool. Um, anyways, I think I just wanted to comment that it, it, fun to watch games um, when we have these great teams going against one another, and and it's really hard, but to try your best to sometimes detach yourself from the FPL game, even though hashtag FPL is life. Yeah, exactly. So getting back into FPL's life, uh, one of my favorite forwards got a brace. And and the question is, uh, how quickly do we need to get him back into our FPL teams? Uh, Arnie, I'm just excited for him. Yeah, I'm happy for him too. A little bit weird though, the FA Cup match yesterday, he scored in the second minute and then he was taken off like in the 20th minute. Yeah, I did see that as well, and that's a little bit scary. <laughs> yeah, so there were there were conflicting reports. Like some people said online that he had a hamstring, like he had re hurt himself or something. But then other people online had said that he looked like I didn't see it, but he looked like surprised when he was being taken off. Like it was precautionary. They just wanted to give him a run out, you know what I mean? Because he's been out for so long, and then get him off the pitch. Yeah, I didn't come across anything that he was injured. I just, the 20 minutes was, like, very strange because usually you'd think, like, a half, right. but whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's something new. So is he someone you're going to try to get back into your team? I mean, the, the issue with um, with West Ham is that their their fixtures are not great here. So Arsenal home, Bournemouth away, Wolves away, Liverpool home. Actually, that's an understatement. Their, their fixtures are terrible in their next four, but then it, they have a nice little run of some green again. Um, Crystal Palace, Fulham, City, uh, Newcastle, Cardiff, Huddersfield, Everton. So is is he someone you're looking at? I mean, his price has um, come down a bit, hasn't it? Yeah, he's under seven. He's 6.9, I think. Not like a ton, but not cheap either. But he's in that budget forward range, and he's one of four budget forwards that I think people should strongly strongly consider and again we talked about in the beginning of the year he kind of is a little bit fixture proof he tends to get returns against these bad teams West Ham haven't been 
fantastic, but they're worse defensively than they are offensively. They tend to score some goals. Yeah, just to give um, give people some perspective, like if you're going to have a West Ham attacking asset, you probably either have Arnie or Felipe Anderson, right? Yeah, I would completely agree. You know, if we kind of, and I know they play different positions in the game, but if we do a quick breakdown of, like, statistics comparing these two players. So, um, Marco is averaging 3.1 shots per 90 to Felipe Anderson's 1.8. Marco's averaging 1.67 key passes per 90 to Felipe Anderson's 1.86, so pretty close in that category. Um, But then Arnardovic uh, is averaging 0.41 goals per 90, or excuse me, XG per 90 compared to Philippe Anderson's 0.21 and 0.23 XA per 90 to Philippe Anderson's 0.2. So Arnie outperforms Anderson in almost every area um, for, from an underlying statistical category and uh, is actually just slightly less expensive as well. Yeah, and... I- I just think, too, that now if he's back and healthy, a lot of what they're going to do is going to try to go through him. Also doesn't hurt that he takes penalty kick. Are there any other players that like you're interested in kind of talking about just from the game week that we haven't hit on yet, like just in kind of natural conversation? Yeah, in the game week, not not a ton. Um, it was such – actually, it was like kind of a low-scoring game week. A lot of our questions are going to be directed regarding Kane and Obama Man, who would be the other two that I would want to talk about. So we can just when they hit when we hit those questions, we should go over it. The one thing that we should probably talk about, and it's not like good news, but it's like, what's the deal with like Hazard? You know, he's just such a he's so difficult. Do do we just keep him on his on the team and avoid captaining him? Hmm. What are your thoughts on him? First thought is that he's the second highest scoring player in the game right now. Um, But I guess, yeah, I guess the concern, what you're bringing up here is like, does he have blank, too many blank game weeks, right? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, that's what, what, that's what tends to hurt me with owning him is I'm like, oh, he's got a great fixture. Let's captain him. It makes sense. And then he doesn't get a return or maybe like gets an assist and it's, it's like so many other players have been more consistent this year. We'll talk about it a little bit with Salah, but even right now with like Kane and uh, Obama Yang doing so well, it's like that's what hurt me this week. If if I would have captained, you know, Son, who would have been my backup, he was my vice captain, I would have been flying this week. I'm, I'm going to pause you there, though, because I think that there is a misconception that like a player like Salah is more consistent than Hazard, which is, um, for me, consistency is like, how often do you just get a return, right? Like, do you, or how often do you blank, right, game weeks? So uh, Hazard on the season uh, has, I believe, seven blanks in game weeks. Uh, And yeah, in one of those game weeks, he did not play because he had an injury. So seven game weeks. Salah has eight blanks in game weeks this year. Uh, where he had yeah, no, but the, no goals, no assists. The really interesting thing is if you look a little bit more in detail, and I'm jumping ahead, but but we'll just go over it again, is look at who he's blanking against. It's always top six sides. Always. Like, the, like no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I think like 
seven of those were against top six sides, and then the other one was against Everton, yeah, which is a, a derby. Okay, but so. it's the exact same for Salah. I'm just saying. No, no, I'm saying that's what it was for Salah, but oh, with like okay. Hazard, it's it's against guys that it's against teams that you would expect him to do really well against. That's so, what that's what yeah, like Southampton's been giving up a ton of goals and all of a sudden Chelsea can't get a single goal at weren't they at right. home? I get like what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. So it's more for you an issue of not necessarily just consistency, it's a, the issue of predictability in terms of like when you should captain the player. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying, and that's the thing that Hazard, I just, I can never know. So it's like, I guess I'll keep him on my team because he is still, like you said, the second leading scorer, and he's not that expensive. He's still cheaper than a lot of players. Um, and we know we get most of our points from midfielders, but I don't think I can captain him unless absolutely like necessary ever again on my team. Right, and then so. that becomes the next problem, right? If you have yep. an 11 million plus player on your team and you don't have the confidence to captain him, that was one of the reasons I moved Sterling. Um, then you, you really shouldn't have an 11 mil player on your team. Y- yes, no. <laughs> I agree. Okay. All right. Well, we need to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we have a bunch of questions that we're going to move through pretty quickly so the pod doesn't run too long. But uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We've got a bunch of questions that people have wrote in. I know that this time of year, uh, just because of how crazy things have been and our potting has been, for the first time this year, a little bit inconsistent. Um, So I know a lot of people had things that they wanted to talk about uh, and get on the table. So we're going to try to cover as much of it as we can. Uh, I know that some people wrote some stuff in that we we might have missed, so I apologize if you wrote things in. Normally we get every question, uh, but this week we just there's a lot of questions. So we're going to try to get through as much as we can. Jake, you ready? This is going to be a kind of fast and furious. A lot of pretty heavy FPL content here. You ready for it? Yeah, let's let's go. Let's fucking go. Okay, uh, Garf wrote in. Is now the time to do or to go Kane, Aba, Aguero, especially with cut, cut price midfielders doing a job? Example: Anderson, Pogba, Frazier, Still, etc. etc. Um, so I guess the question here is like you know this question of premium forwards again it and it always comes back up i we have a couple people that like have asked questions about this so i'm let's just kind of answer them all together right so like peter wrote in which premium to drop out of abba kane to fund sala battle of consistency of kane versus abba with the better xg recently and 1.2 cheaper um adam hopcroft asked still wise to stick without premium strikers um you know, Kevin Sears had a follow-up question, uh, which budget strikers would you go with if so? So we have all these kind of striker questions. I'm going to throw it over to you to kind of to get us rolling. Um, you can pick one of the questions. You can combine questions, whatever. Let's get into it. Okay. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the easier question first. I think that, well, I guess it's, never mind. I so many questions about it. Okay. I think you can definitely go with a premium forward because of the way everything's priced this year. It's much more equal. And the way that Kane and Obamaman and even Aguero, when he's healthy, tends to perform rather well. So I do think that you can still build a team with one of those guys and be very, very successful. If you look at the top 100, I'm sure a lot of those guys own these players. 
So that would that would be my answer. Do you have to? No, I don't think so. I think you can do well if you're hitting with your budget forwards. You'll you'll probably even have a better team, but the harder thing is is actually hitting on those budget forwards. That's what's tricky. So I guess then the next part of that is um you know like which let's just start with that like which forward do you like the most like of all the premium assets is there one that kind of stands out or one that uh fits into a team better than the others yeah that's what i was gonna answer and i think kane is the best option he's more expensive so if you take cost into consideration i i would maybe go uh obamaying i mean his his uh big chances are are pretty they're they're better than Kane's uh recently and he tends to be the only player that consistently gets 80 to 90 minutes on Arsenal and he hasn't been rested so you you can't really use the Kane like he's never rested argument versus Aubameyang would yeah. be my my place That's true. but I do think if you look at their total points from here to the yet the rest of the year I think Kane is going to beat him by some points. So if you're captaining Kane, which you probably will be, he's probably the better option. Hmm. Okay. Um, Swing back to like the other side of it. Let's say you decide not to go with a premium and you want to go budget. Who do you like in those categories? Personally, we, we talked about him. I still like Rashford. It's going to be a little bit interesting when he moves out to the wing if Lukaku plays and he's healthy. Also, rotation is a little bit of a risk, but I think Rashford is more consistently going to play than what people are worried about. He's just done yeah. so well. He's he's going to get minutes for them. Yeah, I, um, I agree with that 100%. <laughs> Wilson has not steered people wrong. Yeah, he does tend to have game weeks where he disappears but that's the whole thing with a budget forward you can't expect them to return every game week um and that team is they're good like Bournemouth score a lot of goals so I think he's a fair option and and now I th- I think Arnautovic is also a good option I on my wild card didn't bring in uh Wilson or Arnautovic because I wasn't sure about his health yet, but I brought in Jimenez. Oh, that's a good pick. I think is also a solid option, and I'm not too worried. I, I for, even forget the player that they brought in. I don't know if you remember, but I, I still think Jimenez is a good choice for Wolves. He tends to be a part of every goal that they score if it's not from Doherty to him or from him. I don't know. He He tends to do well. Yeah, I completely agree. So the the big thing, though, is just, okay, so there's two questions at play with the forwards, and and I think this kind of uh, sticks to Adam's question a little bit more, but there's two questions at play. There's there's the idea of price per million, like are you getting enough value out of your strikers? Um, And then we also have to consider, I guess, the two more things, captaincy and then team structure. So if you're captaining these players consistently, the nice thing about, like, Aubameyang, Aguero, and Kane is that they do have relatively consistent returns just be when, when they're on the pitch, right? So Aguero's had some injuries, so maybe that's not the best player to compare at the moment. But like if we look at Kane, 14 goals, 6 assists on the year, and he has, let's just see how many blanks. He has 1, 2, 
So he has seven blanks, I think, on the year. So pretty close with like Salah in terms of just that consistency. Um, as of late, though, he's been very, very good um, and, and consistently getting returns. That team looks way better. And the same thing with Arsenal. Just as a team, from an eye test perspective, they look much better. Aubameyang does have uh, some blanks because Arsenal's just a little goofy like that. Like they kind of will have these like showboat style games where they score a bunch of goals and then they go the next game and they're terrible. Um, I think that's just like every Arsenal fan's life as well. Uh, So just in terms of like, to answer Adam's question, I guess like you can have premium strikers. I don't, I don't know that like it's a bad thing to have them. I just, for me with my team structure, I've been advocating for uh, not having premium strikers because I want that money in other parts of the pitch. That said, I have been slammed this last four weeks with not having them. I've I've had to bite that bullet. Yeah, exactly. It's like one of those things now. Do you do you switch your whole team up and then you deal with bringing in these guys and not getting the returns? I, I think, as you said, I think Kane is the best option if you're not expecting a fallout. Because Spurs just pass the eye test so much more, they're cre- they're creating a lot. It's a little bit of a worry that Sun might be. Well, Sun is leaving for a few weeks, but someone's got to score for them, so it's probably going to be Kane. Like you said, Aubameyang, when they play teams like Southampton and Huddersfield and don't get returns, that kind of takes the captaincy out for me again. Yeah. Like you can't captain a player like that. You just don't know what what's going to happen. So. And then Aguero still like his minutes just they, they it scares me like he'll he'll play like fifty to sixty minutes in some games because that's just the way Pep is he has so many options so he's the the riskiest of the three I don't know yeah I think especially with Aguero um, he, he's had some injury issues and this is pure speculation but he's had some injury issues um, you know they have Champions League coming up I would just expect to be much more careful with him than what he has been um i mean he excuse me i guess he has been careful i would expect him to continue to be very careful with aguero uh so fpl jim did ask uh kane versus aguero uh i think you kind of answered that you like you like kane there don't you i do i I, it's hard because we're not taking into the fact that kane costs a little bit more so it kind of depends who else you're using that 1.2 or 1.4 million with what at 1.2 maybe. Yeah. Um, but that can be a big thing. Like we're not talking about the fact that in, in defense it's really Liverpool and Chelsea that are getting all the points. Like Allison has 101 Kepa has 89 Alonzo, Robertson, Van Dyke, David Luiz, and Rudinger are in your top five out of your top six. Yeah. Uh, Trent's not that far behind, and he's been injured for a few games. They have great fixtures coming up, so they're not. None of those players are cheap. Uh, Trent is the cheapest at five point two, so it makes a big difference if you can have four of those guys in your backline and a good keeper because you're gonna make more bank that way as opposed to fitting in like 
trying to guess what budget defender you can have for a few weeks that might do well. So like that's the trade-off for me that no one tends to want to talk about, and that's why I, I wildcarded. I brought in Keppa, I brought in Van Dyke, I brought in Trent, and a lot of the good teams already have those players. But but I do think like if you can have five solid defenders and a counting the goalkeeper, like you're gonna move up yeah. more consistently than trying to figure out what forward to go with. Yeah, I mean Liverpool's having a pretty ridiculous year in terms of like clean sheets. I believe how many clean sheets do they have? Uh, I think they have fourteen clean sheets right now. Is that is that possible? It's pretty. I don't know if that counts. Is if that's like all their games in total, but no, it it have, might just be EPL. Yeah. yeah, they have fourteen clean sheets in the prem. I'm looking right now, which is pretty ridiculous. I think last year the leader was like nineteen or twenty. I think City had like twenty on the season. Uh, so so Liverpool's ability to keep cleans is pretty ridiculous. You should be doubled up for sure. Just on that. Yeah, note. at least doubled up. Honestly, I was having a hard time because I was like, do I really want Salah on my team? Do I just go triple Liverpool defense? And I decided to go with Salah because he's he's just so consistently good against those weaker teams right. in the EPL yeah. that he's just a great captain option. So you're getting he's still got the most points in the league. You're doubling those points every time you captain him, so it just makes more sense. Okay, so let's just stay on pool then since we're there and fpl virgin asked a good question is Firmino a cut price route into the liverpool attack so he's had four goals in the last two games that um hat trick against arsenal and then a goal against city um he's on eight goals and five assists for the season uh and statistically he's pretty decent i mean 2.61 shots per 90 1.39 key passes per 90 and he currently costs uh, 9.2 to get into your team, owned by about 17% of people. Is he a striker that you'd consider? Personally, I would not, but I'd like to kind of hear your opinion on it. I would also say no. Um, so he's got basically 100 points on the season, 102, and he just in the last two weeks scored a quarter of them. It's it's just one of those things that yeah if you don't have Salah and you're concerned if Liverpool like you want to try to have like cover which we talk about is kind of like this false idea it's something that you don't necessarily want to think about a ton then he would be the route I would go I would prefer him over Mane but again I think you're just going to do better going cheaper or more expensive Firmino just he tends to disappear don't forget over the last 23 EPL games he's had four goals and now he's had four goals in two games so like that's kind of a a bandwagon jump and as we said like this year's been strange like that I mean Sun's now done it Uh, Man United have really turned it around and are just pouring in goals but Sometimes it, it doesn't work, and I think Firmino probably is not a good idea to go to him. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, we got a couple questions about Bournemouth because they've made some moves here. Now, now this is interesting. So, so Bournemouth bringing uh, Solanke and also Klein very early in the transfer window here. Um, and that's something we haven't really talked about yet. So, so now the transfer window is open. Uh, we've got a month here where teams are going to be um, trying to strengthen squads. Um, some guys may be moving. Uh, 
you know, it's common to see moves like this between uh, Prem teams. Uh, so, you know, I know I've said it all year, but anytime you can bank a transfer, it's it's really a good thing at this point in the season because there is going to be some movement uh, and there may be a player that you need to get rid of or that you need to bring in based off of, of where they move. So we have Solanke and Klein being brought into Bournemouth. Um, FPL Liger asks... Um, Slanky, uh, where will he fit in the Bournemouth setup and when fixture wise would be optimal to bring him in, uh, beards, beers and FPL Slanky or Klein, uh, either one worth looking at or going for. Um, I mean, I guess, what, what do you think, Jake? Either of these guys well, worth considering or I, I definitely don't think you'll ever want to bring Klein into your team. Bournemouth don't keep clean sheets. Um, and Ake seems like the only defensive player on that team that tends to get like returns. I don't think that's going to change with Klein. So definitely no to him. Solanke, maybe give him some time and see where he's playing. But that team, I mean, they already have King as well. It's like how many strikers can they play on the field? Uh, Even Frazier gets rested because they they tend to rotate their midfielders a little bit with Stancelas not injured anymore. They have a lot of options, so I don't think it's a good idea to go with a new guy coming into the team like this. Yeah, I think for me the bigger question is, does this set the cascade of Wilson being on the move? You know, there have been some, um, some rumors that he would possibly be leaving this summer at the end of the summer i believe he was linked with chelsea at some point uh you know there has been chatter that chelsea is possibly in the market for a striker uh so definitely something just to pay attention to neither of those players would i be bringing in right now um you know just for the exact same reasons that jake said uh okay um jim already asked we already hit this right jim asked kane or aguero uh, and you're thinking Kane. He says, don't use stats, though. They're the devil. Then he put in parentheses, use stats if you'd like. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, not <laughs> using stats, I'd still go Kane. Just, okay, that's fair. Uh, not using, I don't know. I I personally think I probably, not using stats, would have to go with Aguero. Um, but I, I don't know. Because he's just, like, better? That's fair. Yeah, like, if I was just watching the game. Like, Kane... It's outrageous that he's scoring goals when I watch him play. He's off He's off the mark, like, all the time. His touch is poor. He can't create a yard of space for himself. He literally scored, like, a goal where somebody kicked a ball into him and bounced off his knee and went in in the last match. Like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's fucking outrageous. He, against Wolves, had, I think he completed, I was reading, he completed 13 passes in the game against Wolves. Uh, and had yeah, he... two shots, one inside the box, one outside the box, or something something stupid like that. And it's just like, yeah, I'm Kane, I hit bangers, it's fucking coming home. You know, like, god damn, it's just so frustrating to not have him. And the reason I don't have him is because you watch him play and you're like, wow, that guy's fucking terrible. And then he just keeps banging goals every week. And all the people that, like, have no idea what's going on with the game are like, you know excited about it and, well, and it's it's crazy because we make that argument at the beginning of the year like is Salah really worth 13 million you know people a lot of people still chose him i think for the right reasons but then it doesn't seem like we ever talk about the fact that kane costs literally that much and you don't 
get an extra point for a clean sheet or for a goal. Yet people just are like, no, I'm going to have Kane on my team. Like, no yeah. questions asked. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm more mad because, you know, he's he's being picked because people are like, I'm English and I love Kane. And for no other reason, and it's just like, I don't know. I know that his stats Yeah, which been... is fair. That's fair. If you want him on your team, that's a great yeah, reason f- to do it. I get mad when I make an argument like that he's not not necessarily passing the eye test, uh, not putting up the underlying stats to, to really be a points getter. Uh, he continues to get those points, and then people want to, like, rub it in your face. Yeah, I come, yeah, airing of grievances, <laughs> I understand. Bring back Festivus! Uh, fun <laughs> fact only. Fun fact about Festivus, it's a rotating holiday. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, which means you can have the holiday whenever you want, so we could, we could just have it now. Uh, okay, uh, Narwhal asks, Sun replacements, I'm thinking Martial or Lucas. Um, so, so Sun plays one more game week against United here, and then he goes to the, whatever it's called, Asia Games or something. I don't know. But um, if South Korea get knocked out super early, which is incredibly unlikely, but if they do, he might only miss, like, one game week. So that's one thing to keep in mind. He could, though, miss, I think, three game weeks. Uh, And not to mention the extra strain, he's probably going to be playing like tons of minutes for Korea. And you know how these tournaments are. They're like, you know, a lot of games grouped very tight together. So uh, Sun replacements, Martial or Lucas is who he's looking at. Did you you like either of those guys or someone else? This question was so refreshing, first of all, is what I'm going to say. Thank you, FPL Narwhal. Um, So I guess I would go Frazier, but maybe he has him. so between the two, I, I like Martial. Again, there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of fighting for those positions yeah. like now that Sanchez is back, which is a little bit concerning. But I'm not a big fan of Lucas. Honestly, in the in their price range, I would consider Siggy uh, Sigurdsson for Everton. I know they just blinked against Leicester, but their offense isn't terrible, and he is. M- pretty nailed in that cam position takes pks takes free kicks they have a really good run of fixtures so that would be kind of a differential for me yeah siggy has actually um completely closed the gap on richarlison in all stats areas and has taken taken him in some areas as well uh 2.61 shots per 90 is pretty good for for a uh, seven roughly seven mil uh, midfielder so he's someone that you could consider as well i agree with that I, I do have some problems with um not problems but concerns with the martial situation uh now what about lucas is lucas like an option because you know that that spurs attack is very very strong they've been very even better as of late um you know i'm just looking at lucas right now shots per 90 1.6 key passes per 90 1.3 those are pretty low numbers i know that he hasn't had a ton of minutes lately but those are the per 90 stats um you know he that would be my concern with him is like maybe he just doesn't get into those areas maybe you're better off looking for like a talisman player like siggy on an everton team that that's exactly how i put it it's kind of like taking a shot at a clay pigeon with with a blindfold on like yeah you might hit it like yeah lucas is on a good team uh now that sun's gonna be gone like he'll probably play more and he may get some goals but 
you could also completely miss on him. And I think that if you go Siggy, you're unlikely to completely miss. Like, unless Everton blank a few game weeks in a row, which, I mean, let's just look at their fixtures because I want Siggy in my wildcard team. They go home, home Bournemouth, who just gave up three goals to Watford, Southampton, who's not been that good defensively except when they play Chelsea, and then Huddersfield, Wolves, and Watford. Like, that's a pretty good five-run of like fixture so to me he's just the safer pick and that covers you until like let's say you wanted to get sun back in that covers you until sun gets back yeah exactly uh matthew holiday says sun owners have got away without having kane in recent months true what impacts is the former's absence going to have on the latter and spurs in general uh i'll smash this one off really quick i i think that spurs are playing much much better than what they were in for sure in the first 10 game weeks of the season. I mean, that that team took a long time to really get going. A lot of World Cup players coming back. Uh, that said, there there have been some stats kind of floating around on like Twitter and stuff about Kane when Sun's on the pitch versus Kane when Mora is on the pitch. So it changes. The shape of the team does change slightly. Um, Lucas Mora is a striker that wants to run into channels. He's kind of like a pacey guy. And so what, what has been happening when he's been playing with Kane is Kane's been dropping really, really deep into the midfield to kind of like basically pull center backs up and create space and pick balls up and things like that. Uh, Lucas Mora then has been playing kind of in behind him. Whereas when Sun plays, Sun likes to play like kind of in underneath Kane or out kind of in wing areas more often. Uh, and so I actually do think that uh, Sun leaving will hurt Kane because Sun's pace and ability to, to draw defenders um, and his ability on the ball has really been what's been been helping Kane have some space. Kane's had such a hard time creating things himself. And and I I don't know. Personally, I think that, that Sun leaving is, is going to hurt Kane's productivity. Yeah, that's a fair point. We'll we'll have to see. I actually like thought of this more as like an EPL standpoint. I'm like, no, I think Spurs will be fine with their fixtures, but FPL wise, yeah, it that is a little bit concerning for Kane owners. Um, but they still like you'd have to expect them to still dominate the opposition that they play over the next five weeks. Yeah, especially without injuries. So Erickson was kind of hurt for a while, and he's back, and, and we haven't talked about him, but he's had some returns and has been playing kind of back to his standard steady self. Uh, Ali has, um, although been playing deeper for them, has been productive. So, yeah, as in general, as a team, you know, they've, they've been sharp and they'll be fine. So uh, FPL Booster says time for me to let Flappy Hansky go and who should come in. Uh, what do you think, Jake? Yeah, I got rid of him because he was killing me back there. Um, I still think Keppa or Allison's the way to go. Uh, Hugo's kind of interesting because he's the one player that's actually going to start every game for Spurs. And it, they tend to, again, this is me comparing like the last two seasons, but they tend to turn it around at the end. And we've already seen that on the offensive end, but defensively as well, they tend to get a lot more clean sheets toward the end of the year. So I think if you're trying to pick another budget keeper, that's really difficult. You you might as well just stick with uh, Fabianski, but if you can 
make a double switch or if you have money in the bank, I would go up and I think you're going to benefit from it unless he really gets lucky and has some three-point bonus games or like a, a penalty save. Yeah, he's had he has some rough fixtures coming up here. Um, okay, last question. We got to close this out because we're running long. FPL Virgin, uh, Frazier is posting phenomenal and unprecedented stats. He is. Uh, he has created 17 big chances in just over half a season. To put that in context, KDB created 19 big chances in the entirety of last season. Is Frazier the only essential player in FPL? Oh, there's the word essential. Uh, wow, Jake, I'll let you just kind of start and then I'll comment. Yeah, because because you're gonna have to calm down after seeing the essential. So, triggered, 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 triggered. triggered. <laughs> it seems like every year I miss the boat a little bit on these players. Like Grob was this guy last year. I feel I I brought Frazier in pretty quickly actually and reaped some benefits and then let him go for that hat trick fiasco. I have to keep bringing it up because that's like what hurts the most. I feel. Like, Salah, I expected to get a hat trick, and I still did it, but, like, Frazier just didn't see that coming. I don't think Frazier ever had a hat trick, Jake. Are you sure? Well, he had a two, then he it was two goals and an assist. Yeah, he had a brace and an assist against Leicester in game week it was five. A re- yeah, it was a ridiculously good return week yeah. for him, but, yeah, he's someone that, honestly, that's what I'm probably going to do with Son, because Siggy's already on my team, is just go to Frazier and just keep him there as a placeholder. I it's again i mean their fixtures aren't fantastic but he's just really good he's his price per million is that's what we're always looking for yes yeah, through you know? the rough yeah so why not have him in your team yeah i i yeah i don't like the word essential he's pretty close though to falling into that category due to like what you said price per million um the only thing that does concern me a little bit is just with all their players healthy and now slanky in the mix too um he does come off the bench once in a while. It's not the end of the world by any means. Um, but like in game week 20, he only played 24 minutes. In game week 18, he only played 25 minutes. Um, I mean, before that he wasn't, but now everybody's healthy. So that's my only little concern. And I don't love the fixtures either. That's the other thing that I, I have a little bit of a concern with. Um, Everton, West Ham, Chelsea, Cardiff, Liverpool, Wolves, Arsenal, City. I don't know. That's got some tough stuff in it. But yeah, really important player. Uh, you know, if you have him on your team, you should not ship him out. There's no point in wasting a transfer. If you don't have him on your team, unless you're making like, you know, maybe like a, a move like you're talking about, Jake, where you have to get rid of Sun, that he could be just a really easy pick to free funds. Uh, but also, you know, to bring in an incredible player that has, like Virgin said, created an absurd amount of big chances uh, at this point in the season. Yeah, and that's a fair point. I'm just going to like go over it again the fact that in his last four game weeks he's had those 24 and 25 minute uh performances that is a lot scarier and i i kind of touched on it but i didn't actually look at to to see what he's minutes been wow excuse me what how many minutes he's oh, been words and game. words and words words and words you've yeah. been up for a very long time i'm gonna give you a break but yeah give me a break on that one but i i agree that's the thing we were talking about with all those midfield options like Brooks, Stancelas, and now King, Wilson, all those guys, that's the concern for me with Frazier uh, is minutes. But it doesn't seem to affect him a ton. But again, he's not a guy that 
you're going to be like, oh, I, I want him to start every game. You're just going to hope that someone doesn't play and he comes in off your bench on the, the game where he gets like those two goals or a goal and assist. Okay, uh, captain shouts. Um, I think that the big shouts for this week are probably Salah and Sterling. Is that, I mean, fair to say? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I I guess you could maybe argue Obama man versus West Ham, yeah. but it's away from home. Yeah, but yeah, it's always hard to go shout. hard to go away from home. I mean, Salah is away from home as well, uh, but um, against Brighton, you know, sometimes that can be a tough game. I guess I, you know, I think Chelsea is not a bad pick. Uh, Newcastle has, has been pretty resolute in terms of defending, especially against better sides this year. Um, City against Wolves, I would. I don't know if I love that though. I know it's at home, but Wolves really have have given top six sides a bit of a fit this year. So I, I do like Salah. Um, you know, Spurs play United. That'll probably be a pretty good match to watch. I I'm always afraid of those matches, but Kane tends to do decent against uh, top sides. So you, you could look at him too. Um, are you? What are you doing this week in terms of moves? Holding. Yeah. I, I, there's no reason I need to yeah. make a transfer. My team looks great, but I mean, granted, I I just wild carded, so yeah. Okay, I think I'm gonna hold as well. Uh, so that's that. We've covered most of the questions. Um, I'm just gonna pound through this really quick. People can follow us, Dive FPL, the Art of the Dive, on Instagram, a Dive FPL on Twitter dive f uh dive online uh we haven't been that active on the facebook's because people don't seem to really be using it that much so that's fine uh we probably are just going to kind of slowly fade that out um downloading our pod itunes soundcloud stitcher google play podbean player fm pocketcast app basically wherever you find podcasts uh last week we had kind of a lot more random stuff it was just kind of a, a fun pod this week very question heavy fpl heavy so i think we need to finish with um, a pretty light question from bobby love would you rather fight a lion-sized spider or 100 spider-sized lions jake yeah this is the easiest question ever i would definitely fight 100 spider-sized lions um reason being have you ever like seen a somewhat large spider like i'm talking like a few centimeters inches like do things like run jump yeah. it's like in- fucking incredible yeah. and scary yeah, yeah, yeah. like i couldn't even imagine like a dog-sized spider like i'd i'd probably i'd be dead like yeah i like that you so. wrote down an answer on here you said uh you ever seen a somewhat large spider jump slash run it's fucking incredible and scary now imagine a lion-sized spider too late it has already killed you <laughs> <laughs> like yeah i just it's like the Harry, it's like the Harry Potter scene, right, where they're in the car and they go to all the spiders. It's like the scariest scene of all time. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing too. It's like if there's a hundred little like lions, like yeah, I, even if they killed me, at least I wouldn't like die from a heart attack while it happens. It'd be like, well, that's they're kind of yeah, it's cool, whatever. All right, would you rather fight a a Harry Kane-sized Aguero, okay, <laughs> or? 100 spider-sized Harry Canes. Oh, You're right. The question doesn't make sense. You, probably, you, you lose either way. <laughs> probably 100-sized Harry Canes size of spiders. God, wouldn't that be hilarious? English fans would still pick a spider-sized Harry Kane for their FPL team. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, he'll be fine. He'll, yeah. he'll bang goals. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, they, 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 the, the statistics, they'd be like, yeah, he can kick a ball zero centimeters because he's not big enough, but whatever. <laughs> he's so good. Uh, <laughs> it's coming home. It's coming home. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, I'm Marco. And I'm Jake. And remember, you should dive. Yeah. <laughs>